Hello and welcome to Coffee Lovers Radio. Joseph here with Jesse. Today, again, we're not at Conduit. We're still in my apartment. We're talking uh, V60 and a very particular method, which we're going to get into. Um, but because we're in my apartment, you don't get your usual fancy tools. You have to deal with my more primitive stovetop. It's like fancy the, it's the fanciest stovetop kettle really available. Is. It is the fellow. The fellow kettle is really wonderful, uh, and we fellow, do fellow, fellow grand. We do want to thank fellow. Yes, for providing the kettle. They actually provided that to me. A and while they're really back. good people, and they're they cool are. designs. Um, mm. It's it's a gorgeous kettle, and yeah. it's it's honestly it feels really good. You'll I mean I don't know if you've used. I have. Yeah, they We can talk about that. Yeah, we can. This isn't a show about the kettle. It isn't a show about but, the kettle. It's a show about the, so also thank you to Hario for just being awesome. And making wonderful yep. products. And having some great resources out there and teaching yeah. us about their coffee. So yeah, Jesse, what do you think about the V60? <laughs> so the V60 and I uh, have not had much of a love affair. Okay. It's uh, I. It seemed like for a while it was a it was a trend that everybody was doing for the Brewers Cups, you know, like five six years ago and stuff like that. And it just it I never quite was able to make a brew off of it. Mm-hmm. Um, when you do pour over the V60, if you don't know what it is, it's a small pour over cone method, and it uses a special very conical mm-hmm. filter um and and the the name is it's called the v60 because it's a 60 degree angle angle and that's part of the the whole design and everything right and that superstition is wonderful uh, <laughs> it looks cool uh and i actually i really like it because it's one of the few brew methods that it's it's totally easy to get into it's i mean this is the nicer ceramic one and they're still about 30 bucks i think you know and you pour them in that whatever cup or you can get a five buck plastic one yeah yeah the acrylic ones so easy to get into but challenging to master believe it or not yeah but i also like it because it it works well with fine grind i find Mm. that's been my thing so if you really want to get in for like just making coffee at home for cheap you get the five dollar acrylic one to use your blade grinder so for 20 Mm -hmm. bucks you can make a pour over right it's a little hard to slosh saucepan water into it like we we're talking about in that previous episode yeah, Ari can do true. it apparently but the problem with the v60 is it's such a precise method for me that it's been really difficult to like it requires some skill to just know how coffee brews and things like that mm-hmm. uh pour over methods really re- they they you control the grind setting and the volume of coffee you're putting in but you can't control the gravity right and time is time and so it's a balance of that so the v60 because it's not very much coffee going into it i've always had a problem because it seemed like i needed a pretty darn fine grind in order to get that flow rate slowed down enough to get the proper time of exposure onto the Well, coffee. the thing, of, I mean, you also have to account for, like, other pour-over brew methods. The the rate at which the water, the coffee flows is restricted by the blue me- brew method. And it's not the case with the V60. The way right. it's constructed, the, the restriction of flow is dependent upon the grind size and how you right. pour the water. And it's kind of like a Chemex in that way, except that the Chemex has a really, really thick filter. Right. Um, that would be the restrict where the restriction comes in, right? Where like the Kalita has a little holes in the bottom yeah. on mm-hmm. it, you know, and so you can have a thinner filter that gets more sweetness through there. But and I do find you can control that, like uh, depending on how you pour yeah. the water, has some effect. But that we're talking about the V60 today has a lot more variable and it's ability a, to it, right? So I I've, I like it. Yeah. Um, and I'll link to uh, in the show notes. I'll link to the the last issue that I did um, featuring the V60. I've got a particular method in there that I like. That's pretty easy to get into and consistent. Uh, but what we wanted to look at today uh, was uh, uh, Jesse. You found um, a video on YouTube. Yeah. The the this uh, big data showed me that I wanted to watch this. Yes. And it turned out they were right. <laughs> the coffee brewing theory four six method invented by Tetsu Kasuya, uh, and this presented by, he, he was at World Brewers Cup 
2016 champion, mm-hmm. and this is presented by Hario on their site, so we'll link to that as well. But do you want to tell us about the 4-6 method? So um, the 4-6 method is interesting, and it's it's a ratio, basically, that the first 40% of the water you're, you're pouring in uh, kind of controls the acidity and sweetness of the coffee. Okay. And then the 60%, second 60% is more about the strength of the coffee. And so this method is, it, it definitely uses a scale so you can get the right grams in there, but it... it what I really like about this perspective is it, it sort of changes how you think about the brewing process. Mm-hmm. And so it is about the grams and weight, but it's also kind of like a golden mean in coffee, you know, and I think that that parallel probably follows all the way through. So he does four or uh, he, excuse me, he does five pours and each pour is equivalent to three times the amount of coffee, mm-hmm. the weight of coffee in the method, in the, in the. So are we going to use, uh, what, like 20, 24 grams today? We're going to use 20 grams. 20 grams? Okay. Helps, it helps to use round numbers, I find, on this, because okay. it's, it's you know, 3 times 27 is a little harder to remember and add up and that makes on sense. the fly. Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, you pour for about 10 seconds, and you let it sit for about 10, uh, 30 seconds, so it's 40 seconds between pours. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, for 20 grams in 20 grams of coffee, you do 60 grams of water in the first pour, wait till it gets up to 40 seconds, and then... Another another sixty grams, and just do that five times, and you end up with a fifteen to one ratio. Is how that that works out um, every time, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a nice cup of coffee. And what I like about it is it is it it's taken away some of the limits that I feel I've found with the V sixty as far as grind size go, mm-hmm. because even if it drains through fast, it's still being exposed yeah. to that for that forty seconds, and so you're con- you're controlling the the flow rate through the, the time. Right. The so in, in the video, he talks about, like you said, the, the first uh, 40% is, is acidity and sweetness and the second 60% is strength. Have you tinkered around with the numbers on either side of that equation to get more acidity or sweetness out of the coffee or like adjust the strength? Have you tried that or have you just been going with the standard so far? I've tried it a little bit and it's kind of hard to tell. I mean, it's one of those variables in coffee that's sort of difficult to tell. Mm -hmm. But I feel like today for the purpose of this, we're using conduits uh, Rwanda, which is a little bit more of kind of a a nutty and kind of a little bit more bitter in that sense kind of of coffee. So it's, it sweetens it up a lot. I feel. Oh, okay. Um, I'm just going to do the straight method. I'm not going to go into the variables because there are yeah. some things where he talks about, and I, and I really recommend watching the video. It's what it's five minutes. Yeah, and obviously, two, excuse me, two, two minutes, minutes and we'll, thirty six seconds. We'll obviously have that in the um, show notes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've also taken it to other brew methods, the other pour overs with mm-hmm. my Chemex and my Kalita, um, and with the Chemex, I'm finding I'm able to brew much larger volume of coffee. You know, another 150 grams, kind of more coffee, more going that I'm getting than my previous method. Yeah. So for brewing for more people, it's, it seems kind of interesting. Um, I, I think that uh, we're going to have to do a show where we do some pour over experiments, where we tinker around with the specific variables and see what we can pull right. out of different coffees and and take this method and try it on the Chemex and that sort of thing. Yeah, all so the fancy equipment that we have yeah. gone to it. Uh, but I think what we're going to do here is, uh, Jesse, you're going to brew on the 4-6 method. Yep. I think while you're doing that, I can talk about um, the kind of standard approach that I use, which is much less precise. I don't feel like we've ever talked about what your approach is for no. V60. I complain about mine all the time. <laughs> what, what do you do for V60? Well, let's let's uh, let's get going on this. Uh, I'm going to pause because we want to grind some coffee and make sure the water's heated. And then as we get back to brewing, uh, I'll get into that. So, uh, so we just we set up the grind. We got 20 grams in there, and Jesse's about to start pouring. Yep. He's got his timer going. Let's take a quick picture for the for the stuff. So there's 20 grams of coffee, and I'm going to pour 
up to 60. And uh, so this is a really coarse grind. Yes, it's the, yeah. I mean, this is the, it's a pretty coarse grind. It's a, it's a, you know, it's still a drip grind, I would say. But um, anyways, 20 grams, yeah. did 60 the first time, going to let it bubble. I'm not using a stir stick. That's what's weird about this for me because I've always used a stir stick on my pour-over methods. And uh, sometimes I do if I have one handy, like at the end to kind of make it cleaner, but... Do you want a stir stick? It's fine. Right. No, let's do it. He doesn't use it in the video. Um, so, yeah, this is much coarser than what I use with my method. Uh, and my method is just, I, I tried to make the simplest thing. I don't like using timers, usually, because it's just what? it's just an extra thing to manage when I'm making coffee in the morning. I mean, I, I like getting in the process. Sometimes, like, this seems like an interesting method. I'll probably use it and try out the timer. Um, I used to use timers just to get my stuff down, but, uh, I don't know. I like, I like going a little bit simpler. I mean, I think if you're using a scale and you're weighing stuff out, that's like, it's kind of like a timer in a way because yeah. you know what you're doing. Pretty, yeah. pretty, um, 80, 20 approach to good brewing there. Uh, but you, I mean, you can bring in the timer anyway. So I, my standard, uh, 25 grams of coffee, 400 grams of water and, um, I'll do a I'll do a bloom like two to one bloom, for the most part, mm -hmm. and then I brew based off the space in the brewer. So I'll I'll bring up the water to like, right, a couple centimeters from the top, and then let it and keep like, it that level. go down a little bit, and I'll actually yeah. do that's kind of what I do with the chemics. I'll throw in a couple spins, and I've done it enough to, that I know what the weight and the time yeah. is going to be because I have my grinder dialed in for everything. Yeah. I think that the most key thing that I had that I did find with my brew and getting it consistent and sweet cup of coffee was uh, I uh, right after the first pour I would do a spin that would help make sure all the grounds were saturated and brewing and centered um, and I would have like no bubbles coming up from brew uh, right. during the brew afterwards um, in other words no channeling going on so I, I think that that early spin kind of eliminated any channeling issues I was having during my early experimentations um, but then just kind of go from there and it yeah. works well Sorry. so you can see that this is mostly dripping through entirely in between each pour right so there's yeah. 30 seconds and it's just kind of dripping through and so then I'll get another pour in there that's really interesting this is counter to most advice I've seen on mm -hmm. on the on the V60 where but that's you sort of where it struck want, a chord with me yeah because usually you don't want, well, in conventional thought process, you don't want it to completely drip through. Like, you don't want the grounds to be exposed, so to speak. Yeah, I've, and I've thought that right. too, and then it's kind of like, well, why not? After seeing this and playing with it. Right. I could I could certainly see if you're, you're doing this and letting the grounds get exposed, that maybe that's allowing more gas to escape in between... Um, in between these pores, maybe that's maybe that's part of it. And it's the coffee's the chemical reaction still happening because the coffee is still being exposed to the water, right? If, whether it's dripping through or not, and so you're getting those phases of it, and then you're stretching out this. True. So now I'm into the final pour. Yeah, it's not like this is drying out or anything. So we did twenty up to three sixty. Yeah. All right. Hope I did my math right. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna find out. So, and you'll see that this drips through, and it'll just be right about the same, you know, kind of four to four and a half minute goal. That's eighteen to one. That's what I said. <laughs> I think that's right. I think it was like way higher. Yeah. Which, uh, which is, I, I know that it, it, it came off much different than than usual in terms of the, the ratio. 
All right, so that's uh, that's brewed. Let's um. So I actually haven't done this method talking to anybody. Did I screw you up? Did we yeah, we did one pour too many. Oh. Should we do they it again? They did six then? pours. Well, we can try. We can get the water on, see how right. it goes. Let's so it's a new experiment. Is. But it, I mean, the principle's still there. Yeah. It was still. You know, it was the, supposed to be 300, not 360. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So we're at, you know, four, four and a half minutes right there, almost exactly. So, um, okay. It's kind of cool. We're all right. Pour all of indoor cups. Yeah. Get that nice pour in there. First. First brewing of the of the four six method done incorrectly <laughs> turned out to be the uh, I was gonna say the four seven but that's not accurate <laughs> kind of <laughs> kind of okay I guess the the, the first four well, like fours. the three point five to the six point five yeah yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> well I mean, it's supposed to be six pours total the four six is five, referring five pours to total five pours total yeah oh, okay five pours total you did six yeah. okay yeah and the the first uh, two I guess then are essentially responsible for the acidity. A lot of the sweetness. sweetness and stuff. And that's because the sugars and that's the sweetness that goes in a lot of that body takes longer to dissolve. And so the stuff that like that reaction that starts earlier and gets time. That's still a really nice cup of coffee. And I haven't actually done the math where if you do one extra pour, it's at the other end of the spectrum. Because it's kind of the window for, for So that that would be strength. So this is like uh, a little less strong right. than it would have been if you had just stopped. Right. So, but I think. But it's really sweet. It's really interesting, yeah, because that it definitely <sighs> still has the sweetness. So mm -hmm. that that last extra pour had probably had no effect on. <laughs> this, I'm assuming it just. I'm I mean, it does have an effect on on some of that sweetness because it all does. But yeah, from, it's, a, it's from a, a dilution weak. perspective, yeah, it's a little weak. Yeah. But it's a it's a nice sweet cup of coffee. Yeah. Hmm. Very interesting. I like yeah, that. what I like about us on these podcasts and not taking edits and stuff like that is that we just go with it. <laughs> cool. All right. Um, so we, we had thought about doing a side-by-side -side comparison, but uh, I don't think that's necessary. We're just we're enjoying the uh, exploring the 4-6 method here. We'll do another episode where we do some uh, like actual brewing experiments. Yeah. And try some stuff. We got out. some big stuff planned for the fall, and some cool episodes with yeah. a lot of photos and some accompanying videos. I sure. think. Um, but I'm I'm really just watching you do this, and it's I mean it it kind of when I first saw the video, I thought that sounds like really involved, but it's not. It's not, and it seems like it, and it's been harder for me to like keep track yeah. of the like you're doing sixty gram pours at a time, but you're doing forty seconds at a time. Right. And you so it's hard for my head to keep this straight yeah. as far as okay, I'm pouring to you know 120, but I'm gonna do the next pour at two minutes and kind of just balancing that those numbers in my head like that and keeping track of it but i mean if you get the grind setting down like yeah. we're pretty close on this um we could also make it a little bit finer maybe but the um it you can kind of you don't need the timer necessarily because you know when that's like starts it's dripping at the bottom then you just pour the next round in right because um, that's and right you just do it five times not yeah. six times you show you showed during the which i i guess i could have taken a picture while we were doing it but the water level went below the grounds each time before you started the next one right. so yeah you could learn to eyeball it yeah uh which is pretty nice um I mean, one of the things that, that I find tricky with any brewing method, any good brewing method, is if it's too involved, then you're just likely not to do it in the morning. Unless you're, like, super crazy into it. Right. But I... I, I mean, mean, I feel like my brew methods are pretty involved. I just do them all the time, so it's less involved for me. But right. people are like, whoa, why are you bringing a Chemex out? What's that scale in the morning? You know, it's like, yeah. uh, I didn't realize I was doing that. Yeah. yeah That's good. true. I, I don't think about a scale anymore. Yeah. Um, and... 
the reality is the scale is still the most important tool for making better coffee at home. It's true. Pour overs. It's true. If you're not like, or a I, I think, I think uh, some people, that's true. <laughs> Throw back to the last episode. Once we started measuring things out, we were able to do some really fun stuff. With right. It. But, um, just in general brewing coffee like this, I think, I think you can get to the point where you think you can eyeball it. But you can't really eyeball weights and volumes. No, I mean you're doing twenty grams of coffee. Uh, unless you're you're only brewing. <laughs> but flashback to the episode. Sometimes you can thinking. eyeball weights. So if you're interested in the V60, you've been playing around with it. In the show notes, we'll link to we'll have the yeah. video. I'll link to the issue I did on this. You can try a bunch and um, share if you have any yeah. recipes or anything like that. V60 is one of those things where people have really one of those methods where people have really taken it and like AeroPress and done some different recipes. Yeah, with. and that's what really I loved about this video and seeing it. Um, mm-hmm. Because like, I haven't thought about that in, v, in the V60 reference in a while. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so submit them and see what you think. Yeah. Um, you know, we just assume because this guy won a champion and he has a Japanese name that he's really good at brewing Harios. <laughs> well, the the the, the winners the, the winners of these competitions are are uh, certainly know what they're doing. Right. So. But like I said, it's another perspective. Other than just doing a brew ratio and pouring the coffee in and topping it off, like it's another perspective on the brewing process that right yields the same outcome as far as the math goes but it um you know it, it it's just a different yeah. kind of philosophy on how you think about the sweetness and, and the timing of of the brew cycle mm-hmm. absolutely so again coffeeloversradio.com we'll be having a new site soon but you'll find all the information there uh thank you again to fellow for their wonderful kettle how it was a nice pouring that yeah, it, nice. I, thanks for reminding me. Yeah, that fellow kettle was amazing. Yeah. Nice little gooseneck on it. Counterbalance weight in the handle, a nice little thumb grip. Um, when you're doing pour-overs all day long, every day, mm. it's really like you're like tamping. Like you got to kind of watch what you're doing with the wrist. And when you're holding but, know, three-quarters of a liter of water, that's a couple pounds you're holding kind true. of at an awkward angle and then slowly pouring. I mean, that's, that's a lot of weird rotation. Even so. if you're not brewing all day, I usually just do one brew in the morning. Anyways, cool. thank you so much for listening. Oops. Jesse's going to spill his coffee, and then we'll see you in the next one. (laughs) Absolutely. Cheers, Joseph. Cheers. You have been listening to Coffee Lovers Radio. Please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Support the producers. Check out Coffee Lovers Magazine at coffeeloversmag.com and download our app. Also get yourself some fantastic coffee from Conduit Coffee at conduitcoffee.com.